All right, what's good, y'all? It's your homie Big T. And I'm Shay Renee. And we got Miss Amy over here, our favorite white girl over there. And we we didn't got our technical difficulty problems temporarily fixed. But we made it, y'all. It's the season two yes. premiere of Mud Talk. Woo, woo, woo. Hello. We've been gone for a very long time. We've been gone for a few weeks. We took some time off to rejuvenate and work on some new things. So we are back in the building. So, yes, it feels good. And we have a special guest in the building today. We have Miss Unique Johnson in the building. We're going to get to her in just a second. But we got to review season one. Season one episodes were dope. What were some of y'all's favorite season one episodes? I would say mine was the Valentine's Day show with Miss Amy here. So, it was fun. Very sensual. Okay. Anytime you can talk about sex. We just make that be the intro. Like, next time I do my like intimacy segment about sex. No, let's oh, talk. let's talk about sex. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. you know, right? Yes, I don't know, Miss uh, I would say my favorite episode was probably with Rocky Dove. Rocky Dove was a whole vibe. He came in. I love that he was personal. His energy was great. Um, I love the work that he's done with the Youth Commission and everything. So. I love that, you know, he was very passionate about hip-hop, also very passionate about the kids. Y'all know I'm not about the kids. Big T love the kids, so, you know. So, yeah, man, shout-out to everybody who's been listening um, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and iHeartRadio, all of those platforms. A um, couple weeks ago, we charted on the Apple Podcast charts at number 117, so that was pretty dope. That was super, super dope. We come up, Hey, we came a long way because we started off at, like, 228. All right, yeah. so started from the bottom, now we're here, okay? And we couldn't have done it without you guys. So thank you for supporting, thank you for watching, thank you for sharing, thank you for liking, like thank you for subscribing, okay? All of that. So make sure y'all tell your friends, tell your people, because um, we got a whole bunch coming up for Mud Talk. We're doing a lot more episodes this season. We got some new segments coming up on the show that we're going to debut today. Um, so yeah, man, it's definitely about to be a vibe. So, but before we do any of that, y'all know I got to keep y'all plugged in with the news about what's going on. Um, so, um, the city of Maumee announced Friday a police sergeant was placed on administrative leave hours um, after WTOL reported that his name appeared on the Oath Keepers membership list, which I know is a white supremacist group. Um, according to a news release from Mayor Rich Carr, Sergeant Greg Westrick was placed on leave Thursday and would not be working during that time. Um, they had a uh, quote that said, to ensure transparency, Mommy will have an outside agency for, uh, fully investigate this matter and make recommendations to the city of Mommy. So, yeah, man. That's deep. It's very deep. Um, I'm not very surprised that we have white supremacists um, in the police force, usually how they you know, they do the things that they do. So, uh, but shout out to the city of Maumee for taking action on that very quickly and swiftly. Um, Speaking of, like, I also heard the same officer who harassed O'Shea Jones also killed a black woman back in 2009, Miss Hicks. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. So that, you know. That's deep. Very deep. Yes. So I'm so glad that, you know, in this day and age, the police are taking this much more seriously and getting these people out of here and doing their investigations. Um, just because, you know, before then, there wasn't a lot of transparency to start off. Um, and then also, too, there wasn't any accountability that was being taken. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to see that the, you know, um, sergeants and chiefs and all of those people are holding these officers accountable, hopefully getting them off, off the streets. Well, that's what I was thinking. I'm glad that they did something about it. And they yeah. didn't just say, oh, well, I'm just going to try to hide it, keep it secret. They, and they publicized it and said, this is what's happened. We've taken care of it. Yeah. It's a step in the right 
directions. Absolutely. Yeah. And in the black community, when it comes to police officer, we hate to hear the words administrative leave. Right. Paid administrative leave at that. So we usually, it usually means you're going to get to come back to work. Right. Two weeks. So mm -hmm. there's that. All right. And other news, um, starting next year, undergrads at Princeton University will get a full ride for financial aid if their families make less than $100,000 annually. I know, right? Um, the Ivy League school announced the expansion of its financial aid program on Thursday. Under the current rules, most families making less Less than sixty-five thousand a year pay nothing for undergraduate students' tuition, room, and board. Those costs are paid for by grants instead of loans and don't need to be repaid. One of Princeton's defining values um, for what they said is that um, our commitment is to ensure that talented students from all backgrounds can not only afford a Princeton education but can flourish on our campus and in the world beyond it. And that came from President Christopher L. Ice Rubber, who was the president over at Princeton. So I love that. Love it. Shout out to those people at Princeton. Um, I, you know, let me let me sit my child at Princeton. And an Ivy League. Uh, Ivy League. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it'll open doors for more opportunity for uh, underprivileged people. So yeah. absolutely, that's great. Well, hopefully, I can send my son to Princeton. So, Marquis, if you watching, I'm gonna pack your bags because you, 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 you about to go to Princeton. <laughs> Thank you, my daughter. She wants to be a lawyer. Go ahead, sis. <laughs> All right. And other news. This is good news, actually. I mean, it's right here in North. West Ohio. Um, this show, I don't know if you ever heard of it, it's called America's Best Restaurants. Um, it's going to make a stop here in Northwest Ohio on September 23rd to feature a local restaurant on their uh, road show. Um, they are going to, so they've come here before, um, they pay visit to Black Rock Bar and Grill, Franklin Park Mall, but in a few weeks, they are going to make a stop in White House, Ohio at the White House Inn Restaurant. Um, they're going to try popular dishes from the uh, Lucas County-based restaurant, and it will Featured the owner, Tony uh, Tony Frank, who, ex who will explain in a on-camera interview the importance of the restaurant. The filming will take place at 9 a.m. and will run to about noon. So they're going to try foods on camera. He's going to tell you all about it. Maybe we can get you know, in on that. The best French onion soup. And they give you little scissors to cut it. Like to cut all the, the cheese that they put on top to go in the soup. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And prime rib is amazing, too. And they always have a prime rib special. I don't remember what day of week it is. But if you want to try it, go try it. It's good. Okay. I've never been there before, but you know what? I've seen it before because I used to work out in White House during COVID and get a second job and whatnot. And I would drive by all the time. It looks like an actual hotel, but I've never been in it before. Yeah. And they have really good margaritas. I don't drink margaritas, but if you are a margarita drinker, I've been told they're pretty good and pretty strong. Well, we should make a field trip. I feel like maybe. we should. We probably should. We probably should tap in with them on the 23rd of September. I feel like, you but. know, I love me a good margarita. <laughs> All right, well, that was keeping you plugged in with the news. And, you know, and you know right here on Mud Talk, we keep our ears to the streets. Why you grind in the 419. All right, so speaking of the 419, we do have our guest here today. We have entrepreneur, we have author. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. That's why you got to slow me down, girl. I know, oh, I know. I, I, I told them. It's not written. I was looking at Yes, I was looking at my notes. All right, so Miss Amy does have a very special announcement. Serious, it's a very serious topic. Yes, so this week, so September fourth through the tenth is actually National Suicide Prevention Week, and I know a lot of times when you see me, I am often not very serious, but outside of here, I do mental health for my profession, and I think it's important to recognize and understand some of the things that surround suicide and suicide prevention in July. Um, we have a new crisis line that is a national line. It is replacing the suicide prevention hotline. And anybody that needs help can um, text or call 24-7-988.
you just dial 988. Um, you can text 988 or you can go online and, and just search 988 and it will take you up to the um, online platform that you need. And on there, you can get 24-7 crisis counseling support. You can get resources. They can connect you with resources. Um, and it is with trained counselors. So there are people there to support people. So I wanted to mention that. Um, but also on Suicide Prevention Week, I think it's important to talk to those of you um, who may have been thinking about or have um, maybe been feeling overwhelmed or depressed that just to know that you're not alone and there definitely is hope out there. Um, I encourage you to reach out and get that support. I know that's the toughest step as somebody who has had those um, experiences, those thoughts in my past. And I work with people on a daily basis. It is important to know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Although I know for a fact you're sitting here thinking, no, there's not. Um, please reach out, get the help that you need. And if you are somebody who has a loved one, who you are concerned about, first of all, check on your people. Absolutely. Check on your people. And when and when they tell you, listen to them. And non-judgmentally, just just hear what they have to say and make sure that they are doing what they need to do to get the help. And if they can't get the help that they need, then maybe connect them with the resources. That nine and eight number is also for those of you that have loved ones that need support or resources when it comes to suicide prevention. And one of the most important things that you can do is just to let, let people know not to, that they're not alone. And that, that you are there to support them. Mental health is real and it's serious. Um, and that is probably one of the best things you can do is just to validate that, that the mental health is real. Absolutely. And we do have that information scrolling down at the bottom of the screen. Um, so if you're feeling overwhelmed or depressed or experiencing thoughts of suicide, please text that number. Um, it's 9888. And you can connect with the counselor who can help. Yeah. And I just want to say, when she say check on your people, don't just call. Yeah. Don't just text. Pull up. Sometimes yes. people need that face-to-face -face yes. interaction. And sometimes they need that hug, that, you know, whatever. Don't just call and, oh, I did my job. No, sometimes you have to show up for your people. And so, honestly, it's okay to ask the question. It's okay to ask your loved one, are you thinking of hurting or killing yourself? And I get this question all the time from people. They'll say, well, if I say that, it's not going to encourage them to want to do that. And what I like to say is no. What it does is it tells them that you're open to the fact that this could be a, a, a serious concern that they're having and that you're open to hearing what they have going on. Right. So ask the question. Not asking the question and brushing under the rug actually can make somebody feel very isolated. Because they may not be comfortable enough to talk about it. So you're opening that door. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. yes, I definitely agree with that. I will always and forever ask my people, you know, that question. And then from that point on, I always tell them if I say, are you safe? That's what I mean. And when I call my people and if they're saying they're having a rough day, I'm depressed, I've been having thoughts of suicide, my very first question is, are you safe? And they know what I mean because I tell them that. And then if the answer is no, then we figure it out. Yes. And we've seen a, a rise in depression and anxiety since um, COVID and oh, yeah. post-COVID and, and all of that stuff. So it's so important that those resources are out there and are available to you. It, like I said, it's simply a text that you can send. Um, 988 is the number that you can use to connect with a counselor who can help. And like Michelle said, you know, pull up on your people, you know, um, pull up, text, call, do something. Um, you never know. Those little words of are you OK yeah. can save someone's life. Yeah. So please, please, please check on your people. And if you feel like you need help, don't feel afraid to ask for help. There are so many resources out there. We are been talking very big on mental health and yeah. therapy and counseling here on the show. So. We are always saying, you can always inbox us at Mud Talk yeah. too, man. If you ever need us here at Mud Talk, we are the people that you can tap into, call, text. We will, we will come. And, and, the, and the fact of the matter is, is that we care. And, yes. and, and there are people out there that definitely care, even though it may not feel like it. We Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, Miss Amy, for those resources. We appreciate you. Um, 
Now, we do have a very special guest here on the show. She is an entrepreneur, she is an author, and she is a domestic violence prevention advocate. We have Miss Unique Johnson in the building. What's good, Miss Unique? Hello, hello. Thank you for bearing with us through our technical difficulties. We are yeah. here. We made it for the season two premiere. How are you feeling today? I'm good. That's what's up. That's what's up. So before we get into anything else, tell us a little bit about you. So um, I am Unique Johnson, the survivor's coach. And when I say survivor, it doesn't mean domestic violence. It means trauma, domestic violence, life. I survived. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got three daughters, married, author, entrepreneur, work. Um, all around. That's what's up. That's what's up. Now, we are here to talk about your book called My Unique Journey. How was this process for you when you were reading this, when you were writing this book? Because you wrote it during the pandemic, right? Right. But I didn't write it. Okay. <laughs> so, um, started with giving my life back to God. Um, and in that journey, uh, I think was spoke and was told to write a book. And I was given... Nine days, and actually, I completed my book in seven. Oh, wow. Um, but like I said, I didn't write it. The Holy Spirit wrote it. Like, I literally sat in front of my computer, prayed, and just went. So, I can't tell you what's all in the book. <laughs> I know what I lived. <laughs> but far as like, oh, yeah, I, you know, you said da, 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 da. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I didn't go back and read nothing. Okay. I didn't go edit it. The publisher edited it. I didn't touch it. Okay. I left it the way it was. And actually, book two will be done. It's actually in the editing process right now. Oh, okay. okay. So what inspired you to write your book, My Unique Journey? It was, um, actually, it was like more so um, therapy for me. Mm -hmm. It was my, my healing. Okay. Um, some things that I felt that I was over, I really wasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was more so to bring awareness and put out there my story. Everybody has a story. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are some of the topics or things that you discussed in your book? My whole life is an open book <laughs> <laughs> from dealing with racism, from um, being a drug dealer, from um, domestic violence, from Family, look, my mom dying in my arms at the age of 22 to me having my daughter who was born dead, um, like everything. I'm just, I'm an open book. Wow. And that's deep. And I'm so glad because she brought us the book too. Yeah. So, you know, if you haven't gotten this book, please make sure you do. It's called My Unique Journey. Um, when she brought it in, I was. We wanted to read it like soon as she brought it. And I was like, you know what? I'm kind of glad we have no technical difficulties. But let me start with chapter one. Um, but no, that's so crazy that, you know, for you, that was therapeutic. And for a lot of people, you know, writing is that therapy. So when you wrote this book, and it was, you know, it got released. What was kind of like the reception that you got from it? Um, a lot of people already was, you know, Toledo nosy. <laughs> <laughs> Just be real like that. Ain't nosy, so they're like, "Oh, she wrote a book. I wonder what it is. Who's she talking about? Who's she?" Yeah. People ask, like, "Who is it?" I plead the fifth. I can't tell you who nobody else is. I'm pretty sure once you read it, you can figure out who somebody is. But I plead the fifth. 
Um, I did get like a couple backlash, like, oh, you were selling all that. You were talking about me. You weren't telling your business. Well, you was a part of my life. Mm -hmm. So that's what happened. But my story is my story. That's what I lived. Absolutely. And nobody else can write your story but you, right? Love me. That's what's up. Well, we are going to do a quick little transition. We're going to come back with you because we're not done with you. But we have a little segment here on the show called Tips with Tea. So we've taken a break <laughs> for a minute. I promise I'm going to be good this time, y'all, because last time, Miss Shade, someone was going to need security in the building. So, <laughs> so we're going to be good this time. for security. Our, I can no, control this one right here. I'm going to be good this season, y'all. I, I promise y'all. I'm going to be good. So this uh, this week with Tis with T, I'm talking about five things on what not to do when you get into somebody's DMs. Yes. Please listen. You're a DM slider. I need you to listen right now. Please listen because, um, and I actually, um, I asked women for, you know, some tips mm -hmm. and facts or what not to do. Kind of just put it together. So here we go. So tip number one, if they don't respond Keep it moving. No means no. Okay. So if they text you and say good morning, beautiful, and they leave you on red, that don't mean to come back the next right. day and say good morning, beautiful. Then the next day say good afternoon, beautiful. Leave that woman alone. Okay. No means no. And don't get mad. And after you blow them up, and then when they don't respond, start going off and calling oh, them names. No, I'm talking about I got like this. when you would. Oh, you do. I got you. Okay. Okay. All right. Tip number two. Stop asking them what you're doing all the time. It's annoying and you will get blocked quick. Okay. Don't be saying up what you're doing. Pull up on me. Can you come see me? Stop doing that. It's annoying. Women don't like that and they will block you very quickly. All right. Tip number three. There it is. If you're rejected, don't be a jerk about it. Bow out gracefully and keep it moving. It's okay to be rejected. You know what? It's kind of like Baskin Robbins. It's 32 flavors. If you don't like chocolate, move on to vanilla. You don't like vanilla, move on to cookies and cream, okay? You are not everybody's flavor, so please keep it moving. And we know you already slid into 40 DMs anyways, so you keep me? going. So it's 32 flavors. You didn't already try to slide in 27 of them, okay? So give them a Sprite. Quench your thirst. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I did that one time. Did you? Yeah, so this guy I was dating, and um, it was this girl, you know, I knew her, so long story short, basically, he was trying to play, like, oh, he wasn't talking to her, so I came over her house and came out the closet, go, yo, Sprite, you pretty thirsty, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, all right, you keep Sprite so tip number four. Oh, this is a big one. This is, I should have made this number five, but I've made this number four. Stop sliding people's DMs if you are in a relationship, married, or even a situationship. Yeah. Even if you still messing around with your baby mama, your baby daddy, stop sliding people's DMs if you are committed, okay? I've been saying for some reason in 22, married seems to be the new single. And I don't understand why that is, but stop sliding people's DMs if you are a relationship, married, or a situationship. And if you know, they are committed too. And don't lie about it. Yeah, be upfront. Because let's let's now let's be honest. There are some people who are completely okay with being a side piece, being a side chick, but you just need to make your intentions known and say, look, I am married. I am in a situation where a case may be. Are you okay with that? Don't be out here bamboozling people. Right. You know what I'm saying? That can the whole or the, drama. or the, are you in a relationship? And then the next follow up should not be, is it a happy one? Is it happy? Because that is the, always the next one. Well, that's the, you brand on my downfall. Mm -hmm. That's what I got to say. All right. And the last tip 
Do not send unwanted pictures. Starting off the conversation with something unwanted and sexual is a great way to turn somebody off. Mm -hmm. So, fellas, stop sending them dick pics, and ladies, stop sending them coochie shots. Well, no, nah, dudes might like coochie shots. So, no. One-way situation. Nobody wants to see yeah. that. that yeah. Fellas, stop sending those. Yeah, stop sending those unwanted dick pics and videos and everything else that would get you blocked real quick and you know or just put all over the internet made fun of for a long time that too mm -hmm. yeah so that was my tisbo tea and that was five things on what not to do and somebody did. there you go <laughs> my name is shay and i approve this message right. <laughs> I'm enjoying him right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> All right, so Miss Unique, so we know that well. This week we are addressing domestic violence on our show, um, with your book and being that it was therapeutic. Um, how did it feel to get some of those um, struggles that you went through off of your chest? Um, it was, it was, it was a healing. It it healed. It it helped me heal a whole lot. Mm -hmm. um, book two talks more so about the healing. Okay. Uh, book two, I had to revisit, do some apologizing, mm -hmm. take put my big girl panties on and look at me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> look at me. Um, but it was more so like I needed to address the younger, mm -hmm. the younger ones because I honestly didn't feel like I was in a domestic violence relationship. I just felt like I was fighting my baby daddy. Mm. We just got into fights. Mm. It wasn't until I was literally after I wrote my book, actually, um, a lady said, oh, so you were a survivor. You're a domestic violence survivor. And I said, what? <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Yes, I am. But I didn't look at it like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was just, me and my baby daddy got into fights. Right. So what do you have to say, you know, to those young women or women who, like you said, who don't feel like they were in domestic violence situation, they feel like they were just in a relationship border case, maybe. What do you have to say to those women who are in those situations? So first of all, you have to pay attention to the flags. Mm -hmm. We ignore them a whole lot. Oh, yeah. We ignore the yellow flags. That's mm -hmm. worn and that's a little pinkish. <laughs> and then we it, it comes to the red. Mm -hmm. But my I my situation started with me first. Mm -hmm. I hit below the belt because us as women, we know our mouth can be, yeah, right. We could take you all the way there. And it started with me and my mouth because I used to see my aunt beat up on her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't scared. I was like, I'm going to say what I want to say. And it went from there, but it was red flags that happened that I never paid attention to until now that I'm older. I'm like, oh, I should have been. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So do you feel like you made excuses? The reason why you stayed like um took blame for things that really weren't your fault? No, no, I don't feel like I made excuses or it was more so um I wasn't never scared of him, so I didn't really pay him no attention. Everyone else around me was scared. Like, he going to kill you. He going to do this. And I'm like, no, he's not. He ain't going to do nothing. Like, he, he not going to do nothing. Okay, we got into a fight. You know? He looked like he got into a fight. I looked like I got into a fight. He right. bust out some windows. I bust out some windows. Like, 
it wasn't until um, one day, nobody was at my house. Um, my car was in the shop and he would always break into our house, but we never heard him. And we would just wake up in the morning and come downstairs and he'll be like, by the heater, sleep. So we didn't think nothing. Well, this day, nobody was home. My kids were gone. My car was in the shop and I was home by myself. And I heard boom. So I immediately locked the door and slid up underneath the bed. So as I'm up underneath the bed, um, I'm talking to 911 on the phone because in my head, I'm like, oh my God, somebody just then broke into my house. I ain't know my car ain't here. They probably think I'm not here because my car ain't here. So I'm on the phone and I'm talking to them and I'm like, is somebody out there? It's snow. So like the snow was deep. I'm like, is somebody out there? I can hear them walking around. I can actually hear the person walking like downstairs mm -hmm. through the house, opening up the cabinets, like coming. I'm like, they coming up the stairs and you can hear me praying like on the 911 call. You can hear me praying. And I heard my daughter's door jiggle. I'm like, oh my God. And so my door jiggle and I'm like, they at the door. Well, in that time, like I'm talking to 911 under the bed, they had sent a crew out. So it was a police officer running around my house. I didn't notice because I'm under the bed, but it was a police officer that was circling my house. And so um, he happened to flash the light on the window and he seen the light. So he pushed the kicked my door in was like, Unique, you called the police. And I'm like, it's you. And so I slammed the phone on us at a slide. So I slid my phone. And when I slid my phone, the police came in and kicked my door in. Well, at that time, he his face, his eyes were like looked out his head. He was foaming at the mouth. He was sweating profusely. And he had he pulled out a gun. And he was like, if you tell him I'm here, I'm gonna kill you and me. And I knew I was dead that day. That was the first time ever in my life I was scared. And I was like, he up there, he got a gun. And so he took off running down the hallway, went to the bathroom, threw something in the toilet, threw the gun up um, in my daughter's room. And they end up arresting me. And um, I'm sitting on my steps talking to the police. And he's in the police car in handcuffs. And my cell phone is ringing. And he's calling me from the police car. Wow. And then I'm like, this is him calling me. So they end up taking his phone. But just maybe two weeks ago we finally had that conversation and what actually took place and what he thought took place was two different things wow. because he was gone off of pills so yeah wow. that was the only time that i ever in my life was scared of i was never scared um but a couple of days prior to that he had went like it was like a, a week of him just destroying stuff, tearing stuff. And we had got into it and my daughter had jumped on his back and there was a window and um, he was shaking like this and all I could see was my daughter going out the window. So I grabbed the lamp to hit him with the lamp and when I went to hit him with the lamp, he put his uh, black and mouth out on me so I have a burn mark um, on me. But <laughs> this is the thing with that. Um, he did go to jail and um, I ended up writing a parole board for him to get out. As the age I am now, we was young, trying to be parents, mm -hmm. trying to be grown, mimicking what he grew up in. So 
like where I'm at now and me reevaluating everything, he's not like uh, so many people is bashing him like, oh, I read her book. I read her book. He's not that he wasn't a bad person, basically. He wasn't a bad person. He just got bad blood. Sorry. His grandfather, his father, you know, it's just yeah. generational curse that nobody has broken yet. It's a cycle. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, what were some, so you talk about red flags. If, um, what were some of the red flags that you saw? So while I was in the relationship, I didn't see them. But now, as I reevaluate the re relationship, he was very jealous of me. And that's one of the biggest things. Like, no man should be jealous of a woman. If I went and bought a, a coat, he went and bought two. Mm -hmm. If I went and bought a car, he went and bought two. Like, yeah. we're not in competition. Um, that was one thing. Another big thing was, like, very controlling. Mm -hmm. um, no privacy. I always want to go through your phone. I always want to know where you're at, what you're doing. And, um, on top of just, like, the, it's called gaslighting. Mm -hmm. Like, I know I ain't crazy. I know you just was with that girl. Like, I ain't lose my mind. Right. But you might want to make me feel like I see what I seen. Right. So now as I'm older and I know these things, but while I was in it, I didn't know. I mean, you got to realize we started at 16. Were you around you pointing out some of those red flags? So my mother did um, because although... I wasn't in the home when domestic violence was going with my mom. Um, she experienced with my father everything that I was experiencing with him. Mm -hmm. So my mom and his grandmother told me to get away from him. Oh, wow. Because mm. she experienced it with his grandfather. Mm. So your family and his family knew each other? So he met my mother first. Okay because my mother used to do t-shirts and stuff. So he met my mother first. At the time I was dating someone else um, and he met my mom. And so he was trying to basically get to know me through my mother. But I honestly really did not like him. <laughs> he was very childish to me. Um, and the guy I was dating ended up going to jail and just so happened we end up being at the club at the same time. And yeah. And now here we are with a 25-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> and a granddaughter. <laughs> now, with that, you know, with your book, it also started your nonprofit organization, which is called Uniquely Unique. Uniquely un uniquely unique, right? Yeah. There we go. It's like a tongue twister, okay? So with that, what is what exactly is uniquely unique? So what I do is I go to um, like shelters. I'm trying to get into the schools where I go speak. Um, young girls, we do have a, um, an event coming up on September the 25th. Okay. Uh, for mothers and daughters, we got um, some people speaking about finances, um, domestic violence, mental health. Mm -hmm. um, so just trying to get people to know, like, not so much people, more so teens. Absolutely. Because, like I said, I thought I was just fighting my baby daddy. And it's bigger than that. 
it's even bigger with little kids. Like I got a 12 year old and, you know, sometimes we tell them, oh, he just hitting you because he like you. Mm-hmm. But is that the start of a cycle? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Or even that it just sounds normal. It's normal. Like right. Day, it's not right. Normal. Or yeah. the girl calling him all out of his name. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a trigger for men. So just basically getting it out there, like what to look for, like your your mate should never be jealous of you. Absolutely. And that was one of the biggest things that I never really paid attention to. I knew it, mm-hmm. but I just never really paid attention to it. Right. I just used to be like, OK, well, I'm going to up you on. Yeah, <laughs> I, know, I know I work with you know, mental health and I work with teenagers and I can say you said the controlling. Where am I? Where? Yeah. A lot of them will tell me. I know they do that because they love me. Mm-hmm. It shows that they care about me. And and I and I have to kind of say no. No, that's right. that's not okay. That's not right. healthy. Um, you know, the controlling is it's it's controlling. And that's very, very, very hard to yeah. understand. Right. So what was the moment that made you decide like this is enough, it's time for me to go? That night. Yeah. It it basically saved me because it got him away from me. For me able to move on. We, no, let me back up because we were break we were broke up for seven years. Mm-hmm. And he ended up going to prison. And I ended up taking my daughter to go visit him. And um my daughter just was happy. Like I got my parents and we never was enemies. Like we was friends, we could talk, like I knew the other side of him. Right. And one thing led to another and we ended up dating again. And then he came home and he started showing all the same things that he was doing before. And I was like, yep, okay, nope, that's enough. I'm Mm -hmm. done. And then the craziness started. Mm -hmm. And then he went back to prison. Wow. Yeah. So with that, um, for any young lady or young woman who's in that situation, what would be some advice to give them to get to teach them to get out of that situation? What can they do? First and foremost, don't ever allow anyone to separate you from your family. Mm -hmm. That is one of the biggest things that I was all him, 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 his family, his family. No, at the end of the day, they're going to ride with their people. Right. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to ride with their people. It's just that simple. They're going to ride with their people. So always have your family. um, And like, a lot of mine was just thirsting for that male figure because my dad wasn't around. So it was just thirsting for that male figure. But no, get away. Get away. Get family. Get everybody involved. But because some people say, well, she ain't going to do nothing but go back. So what? So what? Like, I've been on both sides. I've had a cousin who was murdered by her husband. I have a cousin who murdered his wife. Both first cousins. And I'm here. Mm-hmm. So that was one of my reasons of I have a bigger purpose. Right. Because I could have been either one of them. But I'm still here. So. Absolutely. In domestic violence, I take um, very seriously. Well, a couple of reasons. One, I grew up seeing domestic violence with my parents. Um, I remember waking up one morning and seeing my mom and dad going at it to the point. My mom was choking my dad to, you know, to get off her, get off her to the point where um, he was coughing up blood. And 
I want to say around like 10 years old, she finally was just like, yeah, it's a wrap. Um, and she still has, she has a scar right here, actually, from them getting into it. Um, the second reason is I actually lost a best friend to domestic violence. Her name was CJ, CJ Bell. Um, so I met her working at William Palmer. Um, and she was dating some dudes, whatever. Um, the next year, I know working at Imagine, I got a phone call um, that was like, yo, like, did you ever happen to CJ? And I was like, no, like, what's wrong? It's like, man, she gone, man. I was like, what are you talking about? Her and her boyfriend got into it and she was ready to leave and he decided to take her life. Um, and she was 19 years old when it happened. So that to me was like, yeah, no. Like, you know, especially to go through that as a kid at 19, um, that was that was a lot. And so that's why with the impact program, you know, we speak so much about domestic violence and healthy relationships, positive relationships. Um, because if if you can recognize the signs when you're younger, it'd be so much more easier when you, when you become older. So, and a lot of younger girls uh, feel like because they have a kid by this person, they get that, mm -hmm. oh, I want that white house, picket fence, mm -hmm. husband. Right. And if it ain't working, it ain't working. Absolutely. And I would say get out early so that it doesn't affect the child. Because just as I said, I went back after he got out of jail seven years, I went back and just probably maybe a month ago, I had a conversation with my daughter and she said I was miserable. Mm -hmm. I just act like I liked it because you, I thought you was happy and here. I'm dealing with it because I thought she was happy. Mm -hmm. And both of us was prisoners in our home. Wow. So, and it affect both of my kids a lot. Mm -hmm. Like my kids have their own place and they still sleep with their bedroom door locked. I did for the longest, even with my husband, when my, my husband, like I, my husband used to have to hold me at night because I would jump mm. every little noise I heard. I was jumping like, okay, somebody coming in the window. Right. PTSD. Absolutely. Definitely. When you got your new relationship with your husband, how did, how did that go with like the trust and being able to trust again? And It's so funny because my husband and I dated in high school <laughs> oh. <laughs> and we went our separate way and reconnected via Facebook. <laughs> So it's a little easier. And we did an out-of-town relationship for a whole year. Mm. Yeah, he was in Texas and I was here for a whole year, but we just completely been married 10 years. Wow. That's now, how did, now, how did he feel about that? No, has he read the book? No. Okay. He don't want to read it. He said he don't need to know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel like a lot of women don't realize too that once a man who is abusive realizes he can no longer hurt you with the things he do he will try to hurt your children so it's best to get out of those situations early like before the hurt become you know begins like you said affects your children and like you didn't know your daughter was you know suffering from those situations as well yeah so y'all talked about it and that's another thing like the communication has to be there and sometimes and um we model what we see. Mm -hmm. We model what we see. Um, I've, both of my daughters are of age. They date. And I've seen like, mm, nope, nope, you need to get away from him. Right. Nope, that's not love. Nope, mm -mm, it ain't cute. It's time to go. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's time to cut that one off. No. Nope. Our two girls around domestic violence. And as I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about it, every serious relationship I've been in, I've, you know, dealt with domestic violence. So, I, you know, you have to be an example for your kids. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they're going to think it's okay. 
That was one of my reasons of leaving too. Like my kids was of age to know what was going on. Right. Right. It's no, this is not how a relationship is supposed to be. Absolutely. But they have a my husband is awesome. So shout out to Sonny. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> they have what they know what how you're supposed to be treated and a lot of that comes with your own self-love mm-hmm. a yeah. lot of that comes with your a lot of that comes yeah. with your own self-love yes. mm-hmm. it definitely takes that it takes for you to start your healing process yes Absolutely. yes it does generational curses of your family i'm a product of domestic violence my mom was young it's 21 years between my mom and dad so it's more like you're the dad. dad. Yeah. And, and his, it was extreme. Like, set the apartment on fire with us both in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, some people will say, oh, no, she was crazy too. I was not crazy, but he brought crazy out of me. Yeah. I have done crazy things. Like, I have put up and the girl was in a car and I'm like, okay, oh, you don't want to get out. Okay, well, I'm going to drive the car and I throw the car and put it in my backyard and got the hammer and bust out all the windows and yeah sometimes enough is enough. i wasn't crazy but you brought crazy out of me like right don't play victim the circumstances you created right if you know you're not doing right you got a girl in the car we supposed to be in this relationship or whatever the case may be no you can't play victims to circumstances you created and then get mad how i react that's also a deal between love and hate it's hot plan <laughs> <laughs> you get your windows busted out with a brick. I did my fair share. Trust me. I did my fair share. <laughs> I'm not a saint at all. But so when you live in, in the street life also, mm-hmm. I mean he his models that he had was not models. Right. And is everybody being an adult accepting the fact that I didn't have good role models because one thing for me I've never I don't even play with a cuss word like don't even play with me like that but mm-hmm. my mom went through it to make sure that I didn't go through mm-hmm. it so she learned and my dad learned and they were by the time I was six they was best friends but guess what the first few years just before I was born and right when I was born oh it was hell on wheels she left him she became strong enough to leave him but then got into some more relationships that was, they was busting out all the car windows. And guess what? I'm calling my dad. They bust out all the car windows that, oh, I know you ain't accepted that. Because guess what he did? He empowered her. Mm-hmm. You didn't accept it from mm-hmm. me. So you definitely got it. You, you know what? I did, it was crazy because I did not take it from nobody else. I yes. refused to. My mom don't play that. I if you call my mama to. the cuss word, baby, she's <laughs> like, today, Drop the keys right there. Pack your things. It's time to go. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't take that from nobody else at all. Right. Now, what are some um, resources that are available to those who may be in domestic violence situations? We always got the. Um, you would ask me that, but I got the number. The domestic violence hotline. The domestic violence hotline. You got the um, better women's shelter. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that's downtown. Okay. And then um, you have the Indiana shelter also okay. deal with domestic violence women. Pretty much all of the shelters do. Yep. Right. Beach House. And Beach House, yeah. Beach House, much. YWCA. Is mm-hmm. that's, yep, that's the one downtown. Yeah. Pretty much all of them. That's so nationally, because we do have a national audience just yes. all around. Yes. It is a oh, national hotline. Um, so 
if you are national or local, um, it is the domestic violence hotline that you can reach. You can text the word start, S-T-A-R-T, to 8788. Um, the phone number is 1-800-799-SAFE or 7233. And if all that's real hard to remember, thehotline.org. Yes. That's their website. Yes. And we'll make sure that after we do this podcast, we'll re-upload it and we'll also put that information yeah. on our Mud Talk Facebook page and all of our social media platforms. All right. Well, we got to transition real quick, but we're going to get our spirits lifted up, you know what I'm saying? Because we have our Mud Artists of the Week. And what better way to lift our spirits up? We have gospel artist Nelly Cristo. She actually she actually reached out to me and was like, hey, I have this gospel song that I really want to hear. I want you guys to hear. I think it would be super dope. And I was like, let me listen to it. And it definitely got my spirits up. And I, we said me to too. the team, yeah. we were like, we got we to gotta play it on the show. Yeah. So shout out to Miss Nelly Crystal, who is our mug artist of the week. And this is her new song called He's Been Good to Me. We're about to go to church. We'll be back. And when we come back, Miss Shay is. Things are looking, ain't no stopping me now. Ooh, I may mess up, times will get rough, but I'm behold God tough, cause I'm covered under His precious blood. When you see me, you can believe His love won't leave. I'm a living testimony.
All right, what's good, y'all? That was our mud artist of the week. Got some... Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> gospel. <laughs> that was our mud artist of the week, man. Uh, gospel artist Nelly Crystal with her new song, He's Been Good to Me. Definitely lifting up our spirits. You can go ahead and check that out on all of the social media um, platforms, man. I definitely, that was a vibe. I, I like that. I love that song. Yes, when she sent it to me, I automatically, I just wanted to go get baptized for the third time. There we go. I did when I was a kid, and then yeah. you know, when you, yeah, you, you don't learned. know yeah. what you're supposed yeah. to do, I did again. Yeah. You heard what she said on color purple. <laughs> Say, send us that soul. All right, well, we always have our guests play a game on our show. It's called This or That. So, Miss Shay got some, some hot questions for you that, that she's going to ask you for this or that. All right. All right. FaceTime or call? Call. Text. <laughs> don't call. Don't yes. text. Don't text. Me. Mm -hmm. Beach or woods? Beach, we black. <laughs> <laughs> Hot chocolate or coffee? Pepsi. Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> Butter pecan or caramel delight? Strawberry crunch. No, excuse me. <laughs> I'm right there with you because, yes, I love it. Um, Summer or fall? Fall. I'm so excited. Fox comes I'm, I'm, ready I'm ready for Tim. Yes. Sweating every time I walk anywhere. Literally. Yes. Okay. I'm not that. <laughs> Still sweat a little bit because I like to walk fast. So. Book or movie? Where I am right now, book. Okay. Right there, which is all right. Sneaker or heel? Definitely sneaker. Okay. I passed the hill stage. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all I had. So. All right. Well, Miss Unique, we appreciate you for coming to the show. Thank How you. can people get in contact with you if they want you to come into the schools or talk to you, or just get in contact with you in general? Um, my Facebook is Unique Johnson. Um, I have Uniquely Unique uh, Facebook page also, and Uniquely Unique uh, website. That's what's up. All right. Make sure y'all get the book y'all i'm gonna put it out and promote it okay? it's actually on sale right now on the website Ooh, five much ten okay look at that y'all better support mm -hmm. support 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 black have, authors um, we have different sayings on our shirt yes love don't hurt yes and the book is called my unique journey support black authors please they're on sale too our shirts are on sale. Shirts are on sale as well. Go visit the website. Yes, you can. Tickets to our event is on there. Um, what was the name of that event again? Daughters for Destiny Luncheon. Yes. Right. That's coming up September the 25th for uh, mothers and daughters um, or a single mom. Um, and we got another one coming up called Girl Talk on October the 8th for ages 13 and 17. No parents. We're just going to live out with the girls. I like that. That's dope. Kids are more prone to open up when they feel when they parents are not around. Yes. Absolutely. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you, Miss Janique, for coming on to the show. We appreciate you, y'all. And um, you know, we
So we have a new segment on the show that we're gonna we're gonna have you stick around for this to see okay. how you feel about this though. So <laughs> <laughs> so y'all have probably seen us on social media. Um we've been promoting our new segment called Ask the White Girl. And Ask the White Girl is where our favorite white girl, Miss Amy, she will answer any question that you have in regards to the white people. Mm -hmm. Okay, so not been, just white girls though. We yeah, it's gonna be anything. I said white people. Yeah, we go. okay, white people. <laughs> well, I think we're very white girl directed though. I yes. just want to share that. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> so we did some filming down at um, the Strictly R and B Jam a couple weeks ago, but before that, we had gotten some questions from some people. So I have some questions for, for you. Are you ready? I think so. All right. So question number one: Hey, white girl, why do white girls like white cloth so much? Um. <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's the, you know, I, I hate white claws. I will not drink a white claw. I think they taste disgusting. Um, but I think what it is is there. Honestly, there's a lot of white girls that are very invested in diet culture. I think that there's a very specific body type that white girls want to have. And I, I think white. I don't know, but maybe white claws are advertised as like low calorie. Is that I don't, anybody that drinks white claws? I mean, I, mean, I drink truly. Yeah, that's right. Girl. You do drink. Well, I know. <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely drinking the white girl the other day. Though. I'm trying. To save my high blood pressures. Right. But but I think that's what it is. It's like lower calories. So it's yes. like we can drink more. I tried it one time. I think I had a whole six pack and I was like, this is I don't feel anything. And I don't even drink that much. So <laughs> you know, don't, I really don't drink that much. They're just laughing. Think I that promise we're not alcoholics on the show. Not at all. But I don't, I think that I honestly think that's why I think it's they want to keep a very fit physique and they think it's lower calories. So they can drink more of them and interesting. They're disgusting. So I think Weight Watchers did like if you just do regular shots, it's less calories. Like it has point, less sugar. Yeah, it's just right. I learned that take shots. Forget the white clubs, yes. white girls. I learned that tequila, yeah. tequila um has the least amount of calories, and Tito's has the least amount of calories. Yeah. But you have to do it as a shot. You can't just be mixing it. it has to be a shot. Well, because you think about it, you just add calories. Yeah, we did, yeah. yeah. Hot yeah. calories, all yeah. of that. Make it not help. It's worse. And I, I feel like White Claw might even have some of that diet pop stuff and like the fake sugary yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't see yeah, Clearly, I don't drink them, so I don't know. All right. But that's my answer. All right. Uh, question number two. Oh, Jesus. We, yeah, it, got, it went from White Claw to deep. Just, so here we go. Going deep on this one. Hey, white girl, why do some white people want to say the N-word so badly? So here's what I think. Obviously, there is the obvious reason that there are just some very racist people out there that feel like they need to say it to just be racist. Mm -hmm. But what I actually think it is, it, it more of the, um, I think white people hear a lot of it in culture. I think they hear a lot of it from maybe people they're around, friends, um, family members, just on songs. I mean, you can't pull up a modern day rap song without hearing the n-word right and i think that for some reason because it is so invested in culture mm -hmm. just in general that it seems to be something that could be um acceptable and i do know that a lot of people who are white that i've been around that have used those terms will say like well it's fine because like my friend said it's fine and so I actually, I guess it, my answer is this. I'm just going to speak to the white people watching the show. This is not okay. <laughs> okay. This is, I, I, I need to say this. This is not okay. I don't care if you have a friend. I don't care if you have 10 friends that are black, that are brown. I don't care. I don't care if you are making babies with people who are black or brown. I don't care if you are married to somebody who is black or brown. I don't care if somebody looked at you and said, it's okay to say it. The answer is no. You are not allowed to say it. You are not allowed to rap it. If you are sitting in a car and the song comes on and the word is in the rap, you are not allowed to say it. Mm -hmm. like, that is kind of crazy. 
I love rap. I will rap. I can. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. And don't make me rap. But I can't. I like to rap. I will not say it. Yes. Like I will say it. If the word comes on, you will never hear me say it ever in my life. And that is not okay. So I don't care who you think told you it was okay. It's I. I am telling. No you, means no. As hey, the mud talk white girl. Don't call your kids no. that. And, and, that is not and, and here's what I here's I don't what, care what color you are. Do not call your kids the N-word. Can I speak to my black friends about this too? Stop telling white people it's okay. It's not. Please do. It's not. Yeah. It's not okay. Like stop. It's it. definitely. Because here I, I will say it. I have to, I have a lot of friends and I have some of my black friends are like, I don't even care. Like it's fine with me if people that are white say it. And then I have other friends who are like, it's not okay at all. And so the problem is, is it might be okay with you, but it's not okay with other people. You know what I also so see a lot too? The reason why some white people have a bias, especially if a white person has grown up in the hood. Because yes. in the hood, we don't see them as white. You've been around your whole life. So Justin Offenbacher down the street, we probably just call him Jay. We never <laughs> even looked at him as, as white. You know what I'm saying? And we might say, oh, Justin, that's my... I, I can 100% yeah. say that I've had many of my black friends say that to me and at me and about me. And I'm like, yeah, that's not working. Yeah. Just, I don't care if you grew up in the hood. I'm gonna rewind that. <laughs> it doesn't give you a class. I don't care. I don't. It's not okay. Just not at all. Because I hear that a lot. Like I, I that's that's my neighborhood. My friends. I don't care. You're not allowed to say it. Like you are just. We're not calling you Baby J or none of that. Right. We don't call you I mean, Justin. I don't care, Baby J. That's, yeah. that's different. Baby J just makes that in work. You know. You know. But yes. So stop it. People that are white, stop saying it. And people that are black, stop giving people permission to say it. It's just not okay. There we go. All right. Question number three. That's another deep one. <laughs> Hey, white girl, why do white families disown their daughters when they date a black guy? So I'm actually going to. So, OK, I, I my, my sister, my sister's husband. I know. Right. They're getting deep. <laughs> so my I didn't ask the question. I I didn't know, the so my sister's husband's black. Um, and I will say that my parents are some of the best people you love to meet. They're the most accepting, loving um they had a very difficult time when my sister said that they were, she was moving to Florida with her boyfriend at the time, now her husband. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't because my parents are racist. It truly wasn't. It was because my parents, it was nothing that they had grown up with. It's something that they had seen. They, they weren't sure that it was okay. Um, and I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if, I think there are people who are just flat out like that's not okay. Like mm -hmm. it's racist. I think there is a religious reason. I think there are some religions out there that feel like it is not okay. Um, so that could be part of it. I think in my family situation, it was unknown. It was something that they just didn't expect. Mm -hmm. And I can say now, I mean, my sister and her husband have been married for 14 years. Um, they, I have a niece and they absolutely love my brother-in-law, my niece. There's no ill will or hard feelings. I think it was just an adjustment for them. Um, I think that might be kind of both ways though. Cause like some black families. Because you come in it's more so fearing for safety of your loved one because you know it's some people who can't accept this relationship that will harm one party or the other on whichever end and so as a parent I do get oh where you're going to face this you know obstacle and you can't protect your kids in every situation right so. well and I think and I think you know looking at that from a from a black parent point of view I can see the perception I think from a from a any parent. from a white but from a white parent point of view you said harm 
that to me goes back to when we talked about like the implicit biases we talked about the other day. Why are you looking at it as a harm situation? Right. And that's those implicit biases because, you know, you're looking at it strictly from a race point of view and that's going to be a harm. I'm talking white families only, and, you know, and I think that that's that implicit bias. Like, what is it about this person that thinks that they're going to harm your daughter or son? Not even that person. It's the outsider. Or the, or the outsider. Right, right. Yeah. And you never know, like, who you may come across. Mm -hmm. Um like on the street and somebody may, especially down south, mm -hmm. like you said, they yes. have, oh, yeah. uh, it may be someone down there who's like, you know, I, I don't believe in that. Why are you guys doing right. that? And will actually... My cousin Edward at the yes. barbecue. Yeah, and that's like, that's that's right. and your baby and you like, if y'all family jump my baby. If you're an outside like, perspective, exactly. and I, I think, exactly. it, I think it's, it's erasing, I think it also has a lot to do, like and if you look at the LBGTQ community, like when those situations, when you have relationships in that, or, the, or if it's a race situation, whatever is that non-traditional or what people don't know relationship-wise is scary. Mm -hmm. Well, and a perfect example of that, I mean, we can use Meghan Markle and her husband, her, right. her, her the, the rest in peace, Queen, longer than Queen Latifah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the only we care about is Latifah. Queen, you mean Elizabeth? Uh, Elizabeth, whatever. What's she called? Yeah, she's Elizabeth. Yeah, okay. Elizabeth died. Okay, there you go. She was my queen. Beyonce's monster. There's that. Um, well, I don't even ask. Okay, there we go. But the point of England, but there Meghan was yeah, Meghan Markle. There was a big thing because the, the royal family was concerned about yeah. if the baby was going to either come out looking black or white because they're they are an interracial couple. Mm -hmm. So that just goes to show just how deep it is, even within the royal family. You know what I'm saying? So, and I think too, I do remember my I do remember my parents saying too, like before they got married, I wonder what will happen if you have kids what culture will you like it was just the confusion of culture mm -hmm. and i think that was something I, I do remember them kind of saying down like well what kind of what culture are they going to raise their mm -hmm. future children in? and is how are you going to decide whose culture is it going to be our culture that and, and i i think it's just that's also the fear of maybe confusion on the grandkids yeah. or just confusion on their partners they just don't know and people are so there are some people who are so against i mean like with Meghan Markle again i mean it got so bad to where they had to move they moved literally out of england and right. came to america because the family was putting her so much right so just let people love who the hell they love, love, love. okay right. if becky with the good hair if you if that's what you like like becky with the good hair okay mm -hmm. if you like you know i don't think beyonce would agree with that sir well okay well okay. We, we well if you're single we're not jay-z one single we're talking about single okay people. sliding into the dm <laughs> number we are not sliding into those. We're talking about Jay-Z, to be honest. We're talking about just regular schmegler people. All right. All right. Last question. And then you go from that to this. Like, I don't even answer this question. I was like, I don't like, 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 the order. Who picked the order of this? I literally took the question that we got. What's the order? Because we're getting right. Okay. Question number four. This actually came from a white woman. Yes, I remember. I hey, saying. white girl, why are black men so good in bed? <laughs> so you made me talk about interracial relationships. Now you're asking why black men are so good in bed. Okay. Shout out to Bert. <laughs> Thank you. No, no, here's, here's what I'm going to say. I am going to say that I can think of a, a lot of reasons why people would think black men are better than white men in bed. 
But what I'm going to say um, is, I'm going to be very, is this, uh, I can tell you that there are black men who can't have sex. And I know there are white men who can't have sex. And, and there are guys who are Latino and Asian that just can't do it. And then there are some people of all races that are just real good at what they do. Um, so <laughs> I'm just going to say, I, I, I don't know what this particular white woman's experience was. It sounds like she had a really good experience with a black man. And, um, and I, I know that that has been, you know, experience that a lot of white women have had. I will say this though about black men. This is what I will say about black men. I'm gonna I'm gonna give black men. Black men are very, very, very attentive to to women. And I, I and if you disagree, you can some. yell at me. Some I, I already said the same thing. We got something out of the way. I already like, told you. I already told where you. Where are you going with this? No, no. Yeah, I already um, told you there, there are people who suck at, of all races. There are people who suck at sex. I'm talking about the ones that are good. I will say that there, comparatively, I, I have found that a lot more black men tend to express um, a little more, uh, I guess, when it comes to that, or maybe a little more attractiveness or a little more vocal about the what they like, what they are attracted to. Um, a lot of white men don't really say a whole lot about a whole lot. They just kind of. Right. Well, so, and I'm not, again, I, again, I'm not saying everybody. I'm just saying, you know, because there are a lot of people of all races who cannot have sex or they're not very good. Um, so what you're saying is, is that basically black men, we gonna say what we want. Tend a little more, tend to be a little more vocal, a little more, a little more. Um, I don't know. I the word. Just vocal about what they want. Not about even about what they want. Vocal about what they like, what they see, what they're attracted oh, to. Got it. You know, okay. a little bit more. They're a little less shy. Like I mean, you know, when it comes to certain things. Things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I guess I. I Again, I think that well, might. It sounds like it. that this white woman had a very good experience. She had a great experience. <laughs> she, I feel like from the she from wanted this an question, answer. We we I was there when this question was asked, and yes. she was very very excited about her last blackmail experience. Yes, we're not going to tell her business. <laughs> we are not, but, but she, she 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 came up to us came up to us and was like, "I need this, to know this answer like today, tomorrow." And she actually found our podcast, so she's going to be looking yeah. for this. <laughs> so, so, so she was like, "What time you guys come on? And what right. episode? Because I need to follow on this." Exactly. So, yes, right. we we love it here. And I do think when her and I talked about this, we kind of had the same opinion. It was like yes. they're just a lot more vocal, a lot more um, well, forward, upfront. Can we say her quote that she said? You can say whatever you want. I'm going to say. Well, her quote that she water. said. <laughs> the quote. <laughs> The reason why she was asking this question, she said, because from her experience, she said black men love to put their tongue on it and white men don't. Did you say what my quote was after that? Uh, well, we'll just say this. I don't, uh, going back to my initial situation, that has not been the experience that I've heard of. I've, I've actually feel like I've heard of more white men putting their tongue on things that maybe some of my friends said. Well, maybe that black dude she had just really loved. He just really loved. <laughs> he just really loved. Again, so we cannot stereotype somebody based on race and their ability to do sexual things. It's what you, it's what you like, and you must really like that. All right. Well, that was Ask the White Girl, Miss Amy. Thank you, Miss Amy. Thank you. I love them. Please send more. Oh, well, you know, we filmed footage, so it's, I know, we got it's, footage. It's, it's only going to get more intense from here. And can I also, I didn't get my disclaimer, too, that this is, that I'm just throwing out what I know. I, I am not the end-all, be-all of white people. Um, and so please don't, please do not come at me. I, I try to express, honestly, a lot of the questions, I'll be real, I don't have the experience that I'm getting questions of, but I do and can speak on people that I know may have. So certain so are not open. Right. And do not come at yeah. me, I guess. And I know dick pics, please. <laughs> Tip number five. Right. All right. Well, thank you. With Ask the White Girl, we got Miss Shea with the shits. And where are you talking? What are you?
telling us about today? What is your advice? Red you flags. Ooh. Ooh. Jesus. Actually, normally I only do five, but with this topic, I let my creativity take over because I have so much to say. There are so many, so I couldn't limit myself. So I'm going to just start at number one, lack of communication. If someone is emotionally unavailable, that to me is the biggest red flag because like they say, oh, it takes this long to get to know somebody and that you never know somebody even when you do know somebody. I don't care if you've been living with them for 10 years. People change every day. So you just kind of have to pay attention to the red flags. Number two, hypersexuality. Um, sex, to me, sex clouds judgment. So if you become sexual with someone too soon, you may feel like you develop feelings that aren't really there. It's infatuation instead of love, um, which leads me into number three, saying I love you too quickly. We then, you know, hit the sack one, maybe two times, and here it is. Oh, I love you. I love you. You don't even know me. So you cannot love me. To me, you don't even love yourself. Um oh. They may not even know what love like is. That's something sweet. If I yeah. was just yeah. Yeah. we throw yeah. that word, people and throw that word around like it's just a word and it's not. To like, me, if they're looking for love and you know that's where you're looking for it at when you needed it from your mom mm-hmm. or your dad or your uncle. And a lot of people like, mistake lust for, for love. love. Yes, they, they can't decipher the difference. Right. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number four is being overly controlling what you can and cannot wear, what you can and cannot do, where you can and cannot go, who you can and cannot talk to. Um, that is another huge red flag, which leads into another one. It was number seven, but I'm gonna bump it up to number five because. It, like she spoke on um, earlier, or somebody mentioned it, it's called isolation. They want you to feel like you have nobody else, and they want you to feel like they're your everything. So it, it's a form of, you know, keeping you around. Um, so then, not a form of love. Yeah, not, a, not at all. Not somebody at all. who loves you will want to celebrate your family, your friends, and they'll want to do that yes, with you. They want to get to know everything that comes with That is important for you. Yeah. I'm sorry. Say that Craziness and toxic is not, not at all. Especially okay. if they're smelling your underwear. That's not love. Okay. And that goes into. Now, like everything now, for some reason, toxic is like the, the thing. thing. Yeah. Like, I'm not like I'm not understanding it. And being toxic is not okay. People are like, oh, we toxic tonight. Or I love toxic love. Mm-hmm. That is not that okay is not because okay. it seems fun in the beginning, but then when it keeps escalating, keeps escalating, it no longer becomes fun. So being toxic is not okay. If you are so toxic, honestly, proud right. mommy mm-hmm. moment. I have two daughters, one who's 17, one who's 13. So my 17-year-old was speaking of something about her relationship. She asked me a question. Here comes my 13-year-old from the back seat. That's toxic. And I'm just like, well, dang. Take <laughs> the words right out of my, you know, proud mommy. I'm glad that at an early age, she knows that that's not appropriate. Like, that's right. not okay. Like, that's mm-hmm. not acceptable, you know. She knows. So, mm-hmm. that's true. And, right. And if getting excited about a toxic situation excites you please talk to somebody yeah because that, that that's something that you should really definitely explore absolutely for sure right. 
Um, okay, so then the next one would be lack of trust. If they feel like they have to monitor every move you make, who you're around, who you talk to, what you do and do not say to the same sex or opposite sex, that to me, no, I'm I'm gonna just stop you right there. If I can't go to the club and encourage my friend, oh yeah, dance on him, and you got a problem with me encouraging somebody next to me dance on somebody else. Boo-boo. Oh, mm, no. And it could be too that they're cheating and they just want to keep on making you feel like you're the one that's cheating. Yes. That, that, that is one of your vocabulary words earlier, which was. Oh, yeah. Yes, the, the whole, you know, making you feel like it's your yeah. fault. Yeah. Like yeah. Gaslighting. Gaslighting. And the, yeah. Yeah. Right. There you mm-hmm. go. Okay. Um, The next one would be threatening to leave or leaving with no communication. I think that's a big red flag. Um, if every time you do something instead of communicating in a relationship does not work without communication. Mm-hmm. So if every time something goes wrong, their first response is, oh, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave or this, that, you know, leaving is fine. Let's say we're in a situation to where both of our emotions are high and it's going to lead to physical then yes, one of us needs to remove yeah. ourselves. But if they're threatening to end the whole relationship over a small yeah. disagreement or something, mis- you know, a misunderstanding, yeah. to me, again, that's another red flag. Or yeah. There was a relationship that I was in and, and there was a lot of fighting like that. And then, you know, one of us <clears throat> liked to walk around behind. I don't do this anymore, but I like to walk around and I, we're going to talk about this right now. And the other one's like, I got to go. And for a while, there was not a whole lot of I got to go. It was pick up the keys and walk out the door and then not come back for a while. Mm-hmm. And then once the agreement was like, listen, you're going to walk out. Cool. Take a time out because we are. I might be like following you around the house and yelling. Um, I don't do that anymore. But um, I just tell me you're leaving. Just say I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm, right. I'll be back. Because it's that I'll be back that that shows you that it's part of that communication. It's not just going to yeah. be I'm doing this to control you, to show you what it's like without me, to make you worry about me. And that, or the mind game, or the mind game. You know that yeah. really not leaving. Yeah. yeah. Or so I'm wondering, are you out there? Like, are you okay? Are you mentally okay? Because then right. I don't know if this is one of your tips, but but you know, threatening to hurt themselves or yes. kill themselves mm-hmm. because you're breaking up with them, and you know if, if that's been threatened and now you're leaving, and I don't know where you are and what you're doing. That's just like you said, a lot of mind games. Right. If they threatening better them than you, get the hell out mm-hmm. early, because that is a terrible cock. I see people using that like mm-hmm. like they're taking off clothes. Mm-hmm. You don't do what I want you to do. I'm killing myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Or if you don't do what I what you want me what I want you to do, then you don't love me. Like, yeah. And, and I think that's a big one in high school with when it comes to young ladies and their virginity and these guys pressuring you for sex. That to me is the biggest one. Oh, if you don't do this, you don't love me. Don't let anybody force you into doing anything you're not comfortable with. Absolutely. You're right. No and means no. Nothing you said no. Talk about no you. means no. And then get they the hell out. Up and they're not going to do anything but sit up and talk about you. And once they get what they want, on to the, on next. To the next. Right. Don't even remember that. And again, name. if they loved you, they wouldn't pressure you. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. So my final one would be abuse. And this could be psychologically, emotionally, or physically. All of the above. Um, the biggest red fat flag, get out, get away, do what you need to do to make sure you are safe. Point blank period. Don't make excuses for chosen behavior. Mm-hmm. And when you're pl- playing, fighting wrestling yeah if someone is really trying to hurt you 
they're hurting you while you're playing, they're trying to hurt you. Right. Oh, yeah. It's not playing. It's not playing. That means it's time for you to leave. Right. Yes. Because mm -hmm. the younger teenage boys, you know, they try to act yeah. like they just playing, mm -hmm. but then they really hurting you. Yeah. Right. No, you really trying to hurt me for real because you're trying to make me feel your power. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, cut it off. The I'm just playing and I'm just joking, I think, has become a very good excuse when we see somebody else's like bad behavior. Yeah. And, and it's. It's, it's serious for sure. And listen to the people around you. When you said the emotional abuse, I feel like that's one of those that you may not notice yourself or you, it, but everybody else around you, like you had everybody, said, everybody, everybody else around me said that they saw those red flags. They saw this stuff <clears throat> happening. Listen to those people. That's yeah. one thing that I tell my teenagers all the time. If somebody in your life that you care very much about tells you that this is not okay and this is a red flag, this is an abusive situation, please listen to them. Absolutely. And everybody is not it. being a hater. Right. right. They're not. No. Sometimes they, they have a different perspective. Everybody's yes. not being a hater. Because <laughs> you're over here with all those chemicals going on in your brain with right. all the, the right. lust or the infatuation prevents you from seeing. Blinders. Right. Yeah. Yes. So one more I'm going to add to is like she said earlier, jealousy oh, I don't like that you're bringing too much attention or you're the life of the party and, you know, I want to be the center of attention or you're taking too much attention away from me. Jealousy can be uh, another huge red flag. Like, nobody you should be in a relationship, you are in a relationship with should be your competition. Y'all should want to see each other win. So. And they should want you to dim your likes for them. No, not at all. So. Yeah. All right. So the domestic violence hotline number is 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233. Again, if you feel like you're in a situation to where you're being abused or you, and you just don't know how to get out of it, you need somebody to talk to, either call that number, call us here, 419-827-TALK-8255. You can also text us. His DM, my DM, her DM, yeah, and I'm and pretty the sure. And then 988, like Miss Amy yeah. said, text just start to 8788. Say it again. Taxi text word start to 8788. Start to 7888. Yeah. So just let somebody know what's going on. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, Miss J. Miss J with the shits. We appreciate you for those red flags. Uh, we want to say thank you to Miss Unique Johnson for coming through. Make sure y'all tap in, get the book, My Unique Journey. Check out her nonprofit page, Uniquely Unique. We had it in the comments, and y'all can still go ahead and check that out. Um, we're going to be back in two weeks. In two weeks, we're going to have Councilwoman Bernice Williams on the show, which I'm super excited about that. She said she has watched the show before. She said she's excited for your uh, this or that questions. Oh. And I was like, look, we're going to just ask you some Councilwoman questions. She was like, no, ask me whatever y'all want to oh, ask. that's a great light. You got to bring up the I was like, you know, so can I just ask you, like, is it? Anybody story money on city council? <laughs> <laughs> it's all up there. She was just like, no. <laughs> I got an answer for you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me once we go off the air. But she will be on the show in a couple weeks. I'm super excited about that. Um, we'll also have R&B artist Vic Terry, who will be on the show as well, too. Um, his new album actually dropped today. Um, so I'm very excited to see him come on in a couple weeks. We'll have some more Ask the White Girl questions. And it's our favorite Friday. FYFF, okay. Yes, it is Fuck Your Feelings Friday in a couple weeks where we get everything off our chest and we say, fuck your motherfucking feelings, okay? Well, you had a mother in there. Oh, shoot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> late night. Late night slide. We did the late night spot, y'all. So...
But we appreciate everybody for tapping in for the season two premiere of Mud Talk. This has been exciting. We worked through the technical difficulties. We made it by the grace of God. I've calmed down. I've chilled. I'm good. I'm there, y'all. I will side. Yes. So, but remember, Mud Talk is the only show that keeps you tapped in with the latest in music, news, and fashion straight from the TOL and the only show that keeps our ears to the streets. While you grind in the 419. We will see y'all in two weeks, y'all. Deuces.